Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. A political earthquake, that's what Britain's vote to leave the European Union is being likened to with aftershocks hitting markets, policymakers. In fact, it has led Prime Minister David Cameron to resign. I want to know now, Pam, what next? What well, is the next step for the for the UK, not just internally, but externally? Well, uh, internally, it would have to be passed by Westminster, by Parliament, and uh, an estimated 160 of the 650 MPs elected last year, they want Britain to leave. The majority want them to stay. So we'll find out more coming up. Right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash. Political earthquake indeed. Markets are tumbling, and thank you very much, Pim. Thank you, Kathleen. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all all declining U.S. stocks joining a sell-off in global risk assets on speculation that the U.K. decision to leave the European Union would hamper worldwide growth. The victory of the Leave campaign stunned many investors who put wagers on riskier assets over the past week as bookmakers' odds suggested the chance of a so-called Brexit was less than one in four. Well, now that the vote is done, Jacob Kierkegaard, senior fellow at the Peterson Inter- Inter- Institute for International Economics, says now that Britain has voted to leave, don't let the door, you know the rest. Well, I certainly believe that it should be handed as quickly as possible because the longer it draws on, uh, uncertainty uh, will weigh on not just the UK economy, but on the entire European economy. Uh, and I th- quite frankly believe that the uh, once again, David Cameron has put basically conservative party politics over the broader destiny of, of European integration, which is something that isn't going to endear him very much to the other leaders that he's going to be meeting with in just a few days. And we'll have more coming up in just a moment on what's next for the United Kingdom post-Brexit. Here's where we stand in terms of U.S. equities bouncing along the bottom right now with the S&P down 70 at 2,042, a drop of 3.3%. Dow Industrials down 578, a drop there of 3.2%. Gold surging 4.4%. And at 232 on Wall Street. Now let's take a look at other news from around the world. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Julie Hyman. President Obama reacting moments ago to the British vote to leave the European Union. I do think that yesterday's vote speaks to the ongoing changes and challenges that are raised by globalization. But while the U.K.'s relationship with the E.U. will change, uh, one thing that will not change is the special relationship that exists between our two nations. Donald Trump is calling the British vote a positive one, despite concern in financial markets. In Scotland, for the opening of a Trump golf course, the likely Republican nominee said he saw parallels between frustrations expressed by British voters. That's really what's happening in the United States, and I think you see that. And that's what's happening in many other places in the world. They're tired of it. They want to take their countries back. Democratic presumptive nominee Hillary Clinton says we need to respect the choice the United Kingdom has made. Clinton also said our first task has to be to make sure the economic uncertainty created by these events does not hurt working families here in the United States. Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said it is highly unlikely Scotland will hold a second independence referendum following Britain's decision to withdraw from the EU. 62% of Scottish voters backed remaining in the EU. 
City officials have slapped the Trump Organization with a $10,000 fine after company representatives missed a hearing to resolve zoning violations. A Trump attorney was supposed to attend an administrative hearing yesterday over violations of a special permit, but no one showed up. A Trump executive says the company is asking for a new hearing. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Julie Hyman. This is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And the S&P 500 index just turning negative for the year, down 0.1% year-to-date. Dow Jones Industrial Average now unchanged year-to-date. Recapping the numbers, S&P falling 72 points to 2,041, a drop there of 3.4%. I'm Charlie Pelletar. Brexit coverage continues, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Britain's political earthquake has created aftershocks, buffeting markets, policymakers, political upheaval in London. The pound now at its lowest level since 1985. Prime Minister David Cameron resigning. Joining us now to put this in perspective, not only what happened, but where we go next. John Micklethwaite, editor-in-chief for Bloomberg Editorial. And, of course, uh, a man who knows the U.K. very well. well I try to. Yes. <laughs> well, you know. It, this is funny. Even if you're on the side that wanted to leave, somehow this doesn't feel like a day when people are waving flags and, and celebrating. Because even if you wanted to go, I imagine you just you, – you must feel something kind of somber and – I, th- I think there is that, actually. What's interesting is even you know, Boris Johnson, one of the great jokers, you know, he made a very kind of deadpan speech, uh, not least also saying, look, let's not rush into this. Let's do this in three, four months' time after we've selected a new Tory leader, brackets him. Um, then, then let's go and approach Brussels. And there's that side. I, I remember watching the results last night with a young guy who was sort of said he was mildly pro-Brexit. And then afterwards, once it sort of sunk in, he suddenly thought, God, I might lose my job. I might, you know, that, all those things are playing out at the moment. And you even see an attempt to sort of put around a petition to say maybe there should be a second referendum. All those things are out there at the moment. And people, I think people are still coming to terms with it. Explain, if you can, what happens next, particularly in terms of parliament. Yes, I should say, what, what happens is the referendum has to do with Parliament, sorry, has to do with a recommendation to Parliament. Parliament then has to vote, basically, to take, file what they call Section 50, which is part of the um, part of the European Union's constitution. It basically says if you want to leave, you, you, know, you apply under this, and then there's a two-year um, negotiating period. Now, the obvious point is that you could start negotiating before you do that, and so what is happening at the moment is um, Angela Merkel is a bit like a rather angry spouse who's just saying, forget it, let's get a quickie divorce and get out of this. By contrast, on the other side, you've got, as I said, Boris Johnson and also the general, the British thing is, no, no, let's, let's kind of get an idea where things are and then we're coming, we won't petition until, you know, September, October, November. And, and so you've got this process that could go on two, three years. And that, that actually is, in some ways, quite worrying because it's over that period that a lot of companies will start to decide, you know, is it worth investing in Britain? I, I, at this precise moment, would you buy real estate in the middle of London? It could be mm. one of the great buys of our time, but it's, it could also be something which everyone thinks is about to go down by 20%. And what happens if that uncertainty mm-hmm. continues and so on and so on? So how does, how does this go with the rest of Europe? 
does the do do German does your do the Germans and the other the most powerful countries there say, well, gosh, I guess we better like help them. We can act angry, but help this not fall apart and and and, and enter these negotiations in that spirit. Or this story that uh, um, uh, let's see, it's a senior Spanish minister, uh, uh, according to our Bloomberg News story, saying that Britain leaving the European Union has opened up a new panorama on the status of Gibraltar. He called on Britain to enter negotiations on joint sovereignty. I mean... Yeah, there'll be a lot of things that suddenly go up in the air against the background of that, because I think Gibraltar, way back in the 1970s, was one of the issues between Britain and the EU when when when, when Britain joined. I think more seriously, or, or, or certainly a bigger issue, look at what is happening between France and Germany. You know, Germany has tended to take the following attitude that it is more pro the British view of Europe. It wants reforms, it wants things to get on, it wants to do stuff. And why isn't France doing stuff? Because it isn't. And the French, by contrast, have been slightly kind of um, not entirely enthusiastic about the British participation in the EU. I think by one measure, even more French people wanted the British out than Britons wanted the British out. But the, the, the French starting point is, let's just, you know, say goodbye to Britain and get them out and warn other people by treating Britain toughly, you can put it that way. Um, but the, the question about how much reform goes with that is unclear. On the German side, I think on this thing, they are more likely to be a little bit similar to the French on one thing, on the treat them tough because I think Angela Merkel's starting point is she doesn't want this to happen again. And what better way of giving a reason not to do this to the Netherlands, to any of the other people who might go, than for the British to get a conspicuously bad deal? Pick up on that, because the political implications for France with uh, the far-right National Front, Marine Le Pen, is that going? Is this is this vote going to uh, help her campaign? Very much so. I mean, she is there, all across Europe. You have these parties, some of them on the more extreme side, others, you know, increasingly mainstream. She is a good example. You know, she has she is almost certain under current polls to reach the last round of the presidential election in France because she will be the she will be the first candidate. And the general view they they, they have a runoff which they come down to two the two most popular candidates. The general view is that you know she will get thirty percent of the vote, and whoever gets. 25 or whatever will be the other candidate in a sort of multi-party um, a multi-candidate system but for her this backs up her idea that Europe is heading the wrong direction she's also talking about leaving it you know this this is there are a lot of other people out there the level to which Europe as a whole is coming undone is there thank you very much for spending time with us John Micklethwaite editor-in-chief Bloomberg editorial more Brexit coverage coming up on Bloomberg Radio this Hamptons Commuter Minute is brought to you by Land Rover. Visit your local tri-state area Land Rover retailer for special lease and finance offers. Land Rover, above and beyond.